You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast. The authority in injury prevention and correction for runners. With running and athletic functional movement expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Hey everyone, it's me, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio from Run Pain-Free, where we get to the root of your running pain. Today we're talking about hamstrings and how nobody has tight hamstrings and how everybody has dysfunctional hamstrings and the purpose of them for a runner specifically. So let's get to it because it's a meaty one, so I gotta get right to it. So there's no such thing as a tight hamstring, but there is very much a thing, dysfunctional hamstrings. And I'm going to give you a lot of information and it may be confusing because it is confusing. So I hope that you guys stay with me and please feel free to comment anywhere on this if you have any confusing questions that you need to be answered. So, as a dancer, teacher, choreographer for now 38 years, um, I have been stretching my entire life and I was told to never run as a dancer. Um, And like many things, I've come to find out the root of this myth throughout my years of an expert and um, biomechanics. So, dancers are told and trained to actually never build their glutes. They're trained to lift with their quad and keep their hamstring very long. This is why dancers have so much an extreme hip range. It's from no glutes tightening to prevent the range. An example of this has been if you squat and one of your feet wing out or both your feet wing out, that is a complete indicator that your hip joint is completely off, not working, and definitely not supported by any glutes. This is dysfunction, this is in bad, This is very bad form. You need to have your feet straight when you're squatting, not turned out. That is allowing your quad to take the entire base of a squat, and the squat is actually for your glutes and your low back. Your quads should never be directly working on a squat, not until the third set of a 15 rep range towards the end of those 15 reps, okay? So now let's, Go over that one more time. So when your hip, when your feet wing out, that means you have excessive hip range, right? Too much hip range, a lot of hip mobility, not enough stability around the hip joint, right? So the complete opposite of this would be a football player who has a ton of muscle, very limited flexibility slash mobility, right? So also very high risk for injury, the extreme. The dancer has too much mobility and not enough mass to support her mobility or his mobility, whereas the football player has way too much stability, mass, and not enough flexibility to allow for that mass to sustain any kind of big movements, if you will, okay? So they both represent very extremes and also very high range of injuries. So now, again, the dancer trains to lift with their quad, leave their glutes out of it, get a lot of hip range and mobility, and keep their hamstring long. That's completely dysfunctional mechanically. As a runner, they're taught to pump or build the hamstring and build the quads, even though the running community agrees that glutes are the most important. Here's where the lack of education comes into place. When you are building or pumping the hamstrings, 
you are actually pushing the hamstrings to overfire. And when the hamstring is overfiring, it disallows the firing of a glute, which leads to the hamstrings doing the job of the glute instead of their own job, which is extension, which is making sure that the leg can, can extend without hyperextending where the knee would invert, right? And it catches it before then and snaps back. So that's the true purpose of a hamstring. And again, remember, running is the basic human mechanic. So you have to make sure all your basic human mechanics are sound specifically for a runner. This is the case for anybody in athleticism, but when we're talking about runners, you guys are literally doing the basic human mechanic for a very long extended period of time. That is not true for any other sport, okay? They have, they have, um, other things they have to condition, other movements they do, other positions they get into. Runners do one position for an extended period of time. So it's very, very important that your human mechanics are sound as hell, okay? So let me go again. A dancer is trained to never build their glute so that they have hip range and they keep their hamstrings long. A runner is taught to pump and build the hamstring and build their quads. And that results in disallowing glutes to fire. So when a dancer like me is told you should never run, the myth is rooted in this. A dancer has no glutes, an overstretched hammy, and has a high rate for injury for someone who's running as a dancer. But it's not from running, it's from the muscle conditioning in dysfunction. A runner has limited mobility in the sacrum due to the low, the lack of back flexion, meaning when you um, bring your hips underneath you and then push your booty behind you. So in and out of you, um, your, your back flexion, right? That's, think about kicking your, think about what happens in your run when you bring your leg up behind you. When your leg is extending behind you, your back is in flexion, your hips, your hips are extending in the front, but your back is flexing, right? So you're, you're almost arching your back, if you will. That's flexion. Extension is when you're rounding your back. It's extended, right? It elongates. So when I'm trying to break this down for you guys, so try, try, to, try to really understand. There's a myth for a lot of things, and this is one of them, and it's a big myth, okay? So the reason why a dancer will be told, hey, never run, it's because they're, they're trained to never use their glutes. You need glutes as a runner. They're trained to overextend their hamstrings. You can hyperextend as a runner. Um, and so that's really why a runner is told never to run. Now, as a dancer, teacher, choreographer for 38 years, every dancer should be running. Every dancer should be running. If I still was running a dance company like I used to, if I still taught as much as I did, um, I'm a current salsa dancer, I danced in four inch heels, every dancer should be running. Why? Because it's gonna condition your endurance to be able to withstand a very long period of time on stage, touring, and all those good things. And quite honestly, most professional singers and performers actually train on treadmills running and singing, okay? So let's just, that's, that's why I'm talking about. There's a lot of myths out here, guys, and I encourage you to please stay tuned with our podcast because I live to debunk. Um, so as a, as, a, as a dancer, I was misinformed. 
which most dancers are, but most people are in, in their sport, um, essentially. So yeah, I was misinformed. Um, so the hamstring's job is to assess extension and snap back so it doesn't hyperextend. When they're in dysfunction and they're working as stabilizers for the glute, they cannot do the, that job of assessing extension. So the hamstrings come down, there's four of them. They come behind you, right? They're behind your leg. Right around after the mid part of the leg, they start to separate and become two and two. Two and two come from behind, come all the way down behind the, the quad. And if you bend your knees right now, if you're sitting down, bend your knees. Put your, put your hand, put one hand, put both hands behind one leg. You can feel two really thick, what you would think are tendons. Those are two hamstrings each side. Those insert into your calf. They go behind your calf and form your Achilles. And then your Achilles is attached at your heel. Your Achilles is your hamstring. Did you just get that? Because if anybody listening to this right now has ever had Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, um, or shin splints, it's all because of what I just said to you. You have a direct muscle connection from the base of your heel to the base of your butt. And if your hamstring is in any type of dysfunction, expect to be in pain everywhere. Expect muscles not to be working. Expect your hamstring not to extend. Expect your knee to lock up because the tissue is going to feel that. The IT band is gonna lock your knee up and say, absolutely not. You're not extending your hamstring, so I cannot allow you to fully extend anymore. I'm going to now lock your knee up. Then you, it pulls on your calf, that pulls on your Achilles. You now have Achilles tendonitis. And then you have, um, it pulls onto your heel and now you have plantar fasciitis, all because your hamstrings are in dysfunction. They're being kept there by the IT band holding it there because it realizes you're in dysfunction. And until your butt starts working and your hamstrings shut the hell up, your IT band isn't gonna let up. And you need to stop being mean at your IT band, okay? Because your IT band is actually helping you all, it's protecting you all, it's protecting your body, and it's really making sure you don't make any more stupid moves and continue until you're broken, okay? So when your IT band starts flaring, guys, please back off and pay attention. Back off and pay attention because it's really trying to tell you something, okay? So there's the re when you, the way you can assess this also is when somebody, when you lay on your back, you know, can you stretch your hamstring? 90% of the time, you're gonna have full hamstring stretch. That means you don't have a tight hamstring, guys. When you have a hamstring stretch, but you still feel like you can't go to a certain level, that's restriction, my friends. And restriction is tissue, not muscle. So the hamstrings get very confusing because the hamstrings not being able to do their job become dysfunctional because whenever one muscle does a job of another muscle, it sends the immediate joint where those muscles are into dysfunction. In this case, the hamstring doing the job of the glutes sends the hip into complete dysfunction, which is the majority of running injuries, okay? So, toe strikers. You guys never, ever, ever extend your hamstrings. You are purposefully bringing your feet down way too close and way too short, shortening your stride to get your toe down. 
If you come through your stride and allow your heel to hit like a proper normal human being, you will roll through your foot and fully engage the mechanic of a run. But because toe strikers drive, shorten their stride to kick up way high behind them, essentially doing a butt kick, okay? We all know what butt kicks are for. Butt kicks are for hamstrings. A marathon long distance runner has no business doing a butt kick because at no point are you going to sprint to the point where you are never going to extend your leg forward. Now, while you're listening to me, I encourage you to Google the uh, Google the Rio um, Olympics. Watch the elites. Google Berlin um, Berlin Marathon. Watch the elites. Watch the elites pull into the the finish line. Watch them take off the the start line. Watch them go out into the finish line. Those legs are full foot function. There is absolutely no way you're picking up top speed on your toes after several minutes. And I'm being nice saying several minutes because it's mechanically humanly impossible to double strike your toes after 10 minutes. At some point, one part of your other foot is going to drop, whether it's midfoot or it's half foot, um, midfoot or full foot. You're going to hit toe on one foot, mid or heel on the other. And that's what I call a limp run. And then you are jacking up your hips because they are no longer working in unison. They're jacking up every time and they're actually getting, they're actually getting junked up top where they're getting locked and not fully using range. Okay. So that's why toe strikers make up the majority of um, running injuries. And I will get into that. Uh, I have a whole podcast about myths in and of itself about that because that's also a big rooted miscommunication, misunderstanding and lack of education of biomechanics that how that came about, toe striking came about anyway. I'll get into that on another one. So look for that podcast. Um, So back to the dysfunctional method of, of all of what I'm talking about. The hamstrings have no chance at extension for a toe striker. You are literally conditioning your hamstrings to stay locked up and never extend behind your knee. So then you have a shorter stride, which means you're overrunning, which means you're underrunning yourself, meaning you are running like a gerbil in a, in a, in a, in a hamster wheel or, you know, or hamster in a hamster wheel, if you, whatever you want to call it. You're running so much more inefficiently because you're not utilizing half your mechanics because you have to actually touch your heel to, to ignite the mechanic of a run from the glute. Your toe triggers the front of your shin and your quad. That's not where your run is. However, what did I say in another podcast? The quads are the largest muscle group in the body. If your quads are going into your run first, guess what's conking out first? Your quads. And if your quads are the biggest muscle group in the body, they require the most blood flow, the most pump, the most effort. If those guys are starting first, where do you think you are at mile 17? hitting a wall, about to hit a wall. That's why hitting a wall is also a myth. It's because you didn't condition your body properly for the sport of running. You have to condition your body properly for the sport of running, more specifically for the sport of long distance running, marathon running. It is not the same as track and field, but it's very short distance and seconds at best uh, of top speed. So this is why understanding the difference between training and conditioning matters, understanding the difference between tightness and restriction matters. Tightness is muscle, restriction is tissue. When the hamstrings specifically are not able to assess extension, the body senses that and starts tissue to lock up mechanics. 
so that you don't injure yourself. Because when your hamstrings are trying to stabilize and it is not their job, although there are stabilizers in your hamstrings, let me be clear guys, you don't condition the hamstring as a runner in flexion. You condition the hamstring as a runner in extension. I'm gonna say that again. You do not condition the hamstring as a runner in flexion. Butt kicks, flexion. You condition the hamstrings as a runner in extension. Full stride, that's extension. So you never ever want to directly address your hamstring as a runner because you need to actually activate everything around the hamstring so the hamstring can elongate and then train itself on the run. So the stabilizers train in the mobility of the run. I hope that makes sense because this is why a lot of you have hamstring strains. Now, I also have done a lot of case studies on hamstring strains. The majority of hamstring strains are people who run on treadmills, more specifically are women, more specifically are those who run in ASICs. So a woman who runs in ASICs and runs on a treadmill has a very, very high rate of hamstring strain or tear. Women make up most hamstring strains. Men make up more hamstring tears. Women get a strain up under their glutes. Men get strains in the meat of their hamstring. This, in my expertise, is from the the, the, the form of the hips. Women have wider hips, men have very narrow hips. So because of the difference of the two, it changes how our hamstrings are then situated. And so we use them differently in different ways in, in, the, in the same mechanic of running. So this is why hamstrings are so confusing. This is why people consistently strain them because there's a lot of lack of communication and a lot of lack of education in this community. There's people in this community who don't want to admit they don't know about athletic conditioning um, and anatomy and physiology. And there's way too many people out here in leadership positions who have never taken an anatomy and physiology class and think they can train somebody doing something. Um, so let me be the one to tell you. You have do not have tight hamstrings, you have dysfunctional hamstrings. I would go on, I would actually go on record and say every person in the world has, has dysfunctional hamstrings. They don't have tight hamstrings. Now, if you sit all day, yes, our hamstrings do shorten when we sit. Yes, so if someone is completely inactive, just works at a desk job all day long, yes, their hamstrings are tightening every day, all day. That is a muscle issue. However, if we apply the exact same information I just said to you, if we do not fully extend our hamstring, right? That basically is a seated position, right? So the, the knee is bent, correct? So a toe striker emulates that of somebody sitting down, if you will, if you will. So now, Instead of them coming all the way through and extending through their stride, they're coming up behind them and then stopping right underneath themselves. So the knee actually is bent when they're hitting the ground. The knee is bent when the toe striker hits their toe on the ground, right? When someone is sitting down, more than likely, you're in your toes, your heels are up, you're not really flat-footed when you're sitting in the chair. If you realize it, you're probably hitting your toes. So you're sitting like that all day. So you basically emulate a toe striker, if you will. Stay with me. So what did I just say happens 
when your body senses that you're not fully extensing, extending your hamstring, the tissue senses it. What is the tissue's job? To protect you. So if the tissue's job is to protect you and it's sensing you're not extending your hamstring all day long, it's going to then disallow the hamstring, the knee from extending and flexing. Knee hinging. Hinging is flexing and extending. It's just a different way to say it, guys. So now you basically have a sedentary person with the exact same issue of a person who's a toe striker who could probably run a six, seven minute mile. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Biomechanics is biomechanics, guys. That's, that's, that's the beauty of this. This is why this is so specific and why what I do works. What any biomechanic person does works. Why athletic conditioning works is because we have to know biomechanics. We have to know what the body is doing naturally all day to make sure that the mechanic of that is sound for athletic activity. Does that make sense? So when the hamstrings are not allowed to extend, they can't flex either. And if a runner's hamstring can't extend and it then for cannot flex, you lock up your own ability to run without stretch, straining your hamstring. A runner who does butt kicks as a warm-up is asking for a hamstring strain real fast, real fast. Add to that a stability sneaker, you're, you're cooking. Add to that a toe striker, you're, you're on your way. I, you probably are sitting here listening to this because you have a hamstring strain. So this is why it's mechanically driven and your body has been conditioned with poor information and not your fault, but it's just poor information and a lot of um, crossed wires that nobody knows how to pull apart and say, oh, this doesn't make sense. So the truth of the matter is nobody has a tight hamstring. We all are in hamstring dysfunction. Even a dancer who has complete elongated flexible hamstrings, she's in dysfunction. He's in dysfunction because they don't allow their glute to work. So now they have no stability around their hip joint, which is why dancers make up the majority of hip and knee replacements over 40. There's a reason why. Because they've been trained for years and years and years and years to never support their hip joint. If your hip joint is not supported by all of your glute muscles, your TFL muscle, which basically aligns with the, with the damn IT band, uh, you're just asking for serious knee and, and hip injuries, right? So a runner needs to fully extend. This is why you need to, you need to run like you walk. You have to, because it's, that's the, you are running is fast walking. So if you're not running the exact same footing of your walk, you're going to be in pain, injured, achy, something is gonna be going on. You're not gonna be like watching the birds while you run. That's not gonna happen. It's not gonna be fun. Something is gonna be happening where it's taking you away from it. Um, and a lot, I mean, I, I had, I've, I've had people with hamstring strains that had them for three, three to five years one hamstring strain with PT after PT after PT after PT that they could never fix and ever fix it. I fix it. I, it takes me a little bit because however long you've had the injury is however long it's gonna take for the body to trust it's gone. So yeah, it takes a little bit, but I get rid of it because you have to backdoor it. And until the glute is firing, 
the hamstring is going to take the heat. And if the hamstring is taking the heat, you have no, ex you have no extension behind your leg, behind your knee, which then locks up your, your calf, pulls on your Achilles, creates a whole bunch of foot issues on the below. Then you start getting stability sneakers because you went to a podiatrist who said, oh, you need stability sneakers because you're a runner. Um, we need to, and then you put your podiat, then, then you get your insoles in there and then they're like, oh, now you have no ankle flexion. Well, what's what happens? Now you have no ankle flexion. What did I just tell you the Achilles is? your hamstring. So now you have no ankle flexion, which means you have no ankle extension. Ankle flexion and extension is push off, guys. If you have no push off out of your foot, you have no you have no hip flexion up top. Where is a runner running with no ankle flexion and no hip flexion? I have no idea. You're running right right to injury. I'll tell you that. That's what you're running. It's not going to be a pretty sight if you disallow your hamstrings to actually function how they're supposed to function. And as a runner, the hamstring needs to be conditioned in extension, not flexion. When I see the running groups out here in New York, when I'm in Central Park with my clients and I see the running groups gather or do their runs, you know, they go on group runs and they meet in Central Park and I see them start doing butt kicks. I literally, my, my blood boils so bad. My clients are like, Jess, don't turn around, don't turn around because it's, I can literally, they're all gonna get injured. All of them are gonna get injured. I can guarantee it. It's a guaranteed, either it's gonna be your Achilles, it's gonna be your, it's gonna be your calf, it's gonna be shin splints, or it's gonna be your hamstring. It's all gonna happen because you're disallowing, you're pumping your hamstring, pumping it, right? And then the whole point of the run is to extend it. So think about pumping an air, air into a tire for a bike. You know, you keep pumping. Towards the, towards the time where the, the, the tire is full, the air pump, the pumping gets harder, right? Harder. That is exactly what happens to your hamstring. The more you pump it, excuse me, the more you pump it, the, the less elasticity, the less, flex, the less flexibility it has. So now the whole point of a run is to extend your legs. So like, I, I don't understand the concept and where that came from. I know where it came from, but it's from, again, lack of educated people who are leading, who are leading these things. And it's not to be mean, it's just to emphasize how important anatomy and physiology and actually going through a certified personal training certification is to anybody who wants to train an athlete, okay? And there's way too many people out here who have never set foot into an anatomy and physiology class, have never trained anybody in a gym, and think they can tell a runner how to run. And that's why there's so many people injured. I will fix you all but I'm just telling you there's reasons why and it's all preventative. Um, it is actually a real thing to run completely pain-free. That is not a myth. Out of all the myths you will hear, that is not one of them, my friend. So I really hope that this helped you understand the purpose of the hamstring, the purpose of the hamstring for a runner and how there's a lot of confusing information. There's a lot of contradicting um, information going around with from both communities the dance community the running community um at athleticism in general uh, when it comes to the purpose of a hamstring and if the glute is not firing and we're focusing on the hamstring you're just conditioning the butt to never have to work. And as long as that butt isn't working, your hamstrings are gonna overwork, they're gonna fire. And then you're in, you're, it, it, that sets your hips up into dysfunction and the hips dictate everything. So if the hips are in dysfunction, everything up and down is also in dysfunction. 
That's why we have to go after, we have to go after this so that we can get, you know, get at the hips, address them, address your glutes, get the hamstrings out of it. The hamstrings will do their job when everything else is working, but the hamstrings have no chance at their own job because nothing else is working. That doesn't, does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Um, so I encourage you to test yourself. Go and stretch your hamstring. Can you touch your toes? If you can touch your toes, you don't have tight hamstrings. If you can bend over without feeling any strain, you don't have tight hamstrings. You have dysfunctional hamstrings. And that is exemplified by doing activation, which is activating your glute and deactivating your hamstring, and then standing up and bending over and stretching your hamstrings. An easy way for me to, to um, articulate this on the podcast is this. Go get a pillow or something. Put it between your thighs. Something that's big that you have to actually squeeze really hard to hold it, okay? Put it between your thighs, stand up tall with your hands over your head. Keeping your knees locked, squeeze the ever-loving life out of that pillow between your legs or whatever you got in there, your pillow, a foam roller, something in there that you have to squeeze, right? Squeeze the ever-living life out of it. Keeping your arms over your head, push back into your hips. Keeping your back flat and your chin up. Reaching forward with your hands, sitting way back into your hips. Allow your hands to come far down. Keep squeezing, keep squeezing, keep squeezing. All the way down as far as you can go. Your hips should be way back. You should be bent over, leaning in behind you into your hips, heel heavy, squeezing, 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 squeezing that apparatus, whatever you do, you put between your legs, squeeze it. Okay. Now, reverse. Stick your hands out in front of you, keeping your butt behind you, reach out in front of you, reach out in front of you, standing up, standing up, standing up, and aligning your body again and relax. Now you were just able to actually stretch your hamstrings. Why? Because you engaged your obliques. Your obliques engage and those become stabilizers. This allows your hamstring to actually stretch. When you try to stretch your hamstring, you're actually firing other muscles that disallow the stretch. Another reason why stretching your hamstring sets you up for um, a strain when, you're, when there's a dysfunction there. So. If you could do what I just told you to do and you can reach all the way over and as long as you're, you know, you, you squeezing your hamstring and going over allows you to go down easy, I encourage you now to get rid of whatever you just put between your legs, your pillow or your foam roller and do the exact same thing and bend over and tell me if you can do the same range. If you can't do the same range, that's an indicator that your stabilizers actually aren't firing, which are your obliques your transverse abs, your groin, your psoas, which connects your pelvis to your sacrum, guys, front to back, and none of that is firing. So if your stabilizers actually aren't firing, there's no way in hell that your hamstrings are gonna work because they're stabilizing because all those guys aren't. So the range in and of itself will show you, okay? So also why stretching here is important to understand that when you stretch, a restricted muscle, you are getting ready for a strain. When you foam roll, you allow mobility at the joint level. So the insertions 
are not restricted anymore. Insertions of muscles at those joint levels are not restricted anymore. So for instance, a person who foam rolls, a person who stretches and goes and runs without foam rolling has a high risk of strain. As opposed to a person who foam rolls and doesn't stretch has a much lower risk of strain. Why? Because muscle is tightness, tissue is restriction. Restriction is more important than tightness because if you're restricted at the joint level, it disallows muscle function. So always addressing the joint first will allow for muscle function with or without the stretch. That's a dancer telling you that. So if there's ever a moment where you can either stretch or foam roll, always choose to foam roll because at best, you're going to at least release the strain of the joint and then the blood flow that is now generated from proper joint function allows those, those surrounding muscles to actually fire and in the motion will naturally loosen up and naturally start to become more flexible. This is not the case with somebody who just stretches and didn't foam roll because what's happening is you are locked up at the joint level where those muscles are inserting. So if you don't foam roll and you stretch, you're actually straining the insertions of all of those joints um, and all of those muscles. So you're putting yourself at a deficit and a disadvantage both joint and muscle wise to be injured on the run. So it's very important that you foam roll before anything, stretching included, okay? Um, and always choose foam rolling if you don't have an op if you have an option to do one or the other. Always choose foam rolling. Again, that's a dancer telling you that. Um, so when the hamstring is actually um, being stretched and foam rolled out, it allows everything to release and relax, and allows it to be nice and pliable, and allows it to be. Uh, you know, mechanically sound for the runner's intention, okay? So you do not have tight hamstrings, you have dysfunctional hamstrings, and you will not get rid of this dysfunction unless you start foam rolling and addressing the glutes not firing to disallow the hamstring for doing their, the, the job of the glute. And not until then will the hamstring do their own job, which is assess extension and power in extension. Okay, there is a lot of power in the hamstring in extension. You are disallowing that by doing butt kicks. You are disallowing that by not foam rolling. You are disallowing that by thinking you have a hamstring, um, a tight hamstring. When, when I know people who um, have had very specific hamstring work done, the amount of injury that comes to me from that is insane. It's insane because I, I'm so morally and ethically driven that I don't understand people who have the same education I do at any level of, of any of the education I do. And I'm talking about the higher end people in the industry, like, you know, um, PTs and such, um, that they don't really address the fact of the purpose of the hamstring and that when I hear you need to build your quad and build your hamstring, it makes me want to rip my arms off and beat somebody with my arms because it, it doesn't make any sense. Those are the two most overworked muscles in the body. They are the last ones that need attention. The muscles that need attention are the ones that secure the body, which are the glutes, the transverse abs, the obliques, the psoas, the TFL muscles. Um, those are the ones that really need the addressing and they they cannot be addressed when you're fo when when you're focusing on the other muscles that are actually sitting in dysfunction um 
And the only reason why I get annoyed is because people don't accept that they have limits and um, rehab is not correction. It's not. Physical therapy isn't biomechanics. It's just not. And you know, maybe, maybe I feel somewhere that it should be, but it's really not. And um, you know, there, there's a difference to it. So I'm, ha I'm happy for you to listen to this because there's a lot of information you're not like this, you're not gonna get. Because it's about being able to pull all of these different facets of the industry together and, and make it make sense. And I just have a very unique background that allows me to do that. And so I want to help and I wanna give you this, this information. I fixed my first hip at 18 years old in a dance studio with, I was 18 and the woman was 41. Um, and her hip came out of the socket, all because her glutes had never fired. Um, she had been a dancer for years, um, and she was having fun, you know, doing fun dancing, and her hip came right out of the socket, in motion while she was walking, because there was no mo no stability. Hamstrings were, were, were very weak, um, in dysfunction for so long of years. And so I was able to get her leg and her, get her leg and her hip back in, and I did it in motion at the same time, and then we fixed it from there. But my point is, is like, you, there's no such thing as a weak hamstring. It's become, it's over dis dysfunction and it becomes quote weak. That's why I said her, her hamstring was weak because it hadn't, hadn't worked in the process, in, in the positioning that it should, in the mechanic function that it should, because the glute never fired. And as a dancer, she disallowed all of that to happen. She trained her hamstring to be elongated, she trained her hamstring to never grab anything, and then she was overdeveloped in the quads, very quad heavy, very quad um, bulky, and that imbalance front to back in and of itself is a friggin' injury. Like, and the amount of you guys out there that have that is insane. Um, muscle imbalance itself is an injury, guys, and we're talking about a joint um, and the pulling on the joint and the dysfunction between two muscles, let alone the building on the front side of the muscle. So you gotta look at the whole leg. Look at your whole leg. Um, you know, you, you, have to, you have to address what the function of the muscle is as a human and then condition it for your sport. And fortunately for a runner, your conditioning Basic human function is your sport because your sport is running, which is basic human function. So for, for you guys, it's as important that you get basic human function down because running is, is, is basic human function, but it's also important that you condition that as well to sustain it at a high level for a long period of time. Um, I hope that I didn't confuse you even more. I hope you understand now that it, this is a matter of a realizing what's tension and what's tightness, what's restriction and what's tightness, and they're very different. Um, and they need to be addressed differently. So I hope you never do butt kicks again. I hope you foam roll right now. I encourage you to listen to my other podcasts uh, regarding the tissue and how it responds to dysfunction as your protector, especially the IT band podcast, um, and uh, the myths. Oh boy, that's, that's a long one. So um, the myths of, of running, I probably have to do like 10 of those alone because there's just so many of them. Um, uh, so I hope that you guys are having a dope day and I really hope that this gives you more insight that you're really not broken, you're just in dysfunction, guys. And it's all about a dysfunctional movement pattern that you're looping on and there's 2.2 pounds of pressure per step on a run and you are conditioning this dysfunction every time you run. 
So it's not about stopping running, it's about learning how to run properly by addressing it and conditioning. And conditioning is not training, okay? Training is um, the run, the, your training runs, that's training. Conditioning is the work you do to be able to do training runs. And I'll get into that in another episode. I hope you have a dope day, guys. Talk to you soon. You're listening to the Run Pain Free Podcast, the authority in injury prevention and correction for runners with running and athletic functional movement expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio.